Good afternoon. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group. We're here to talk about energy markets. You can learn more about us by checking our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcast and blog. We would like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Trading for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer to or endorse any particular uh, trading system strategy or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is November 16th. And Andy, we had uh, at least 5,000 downloads last month. So I think there's still some interest in this old oil market that, well, we, love, that I, we love so much. I think that there's... Uh, continued interest, despite a, a lot of reports of its uh, imminent death, I, I think the, the market is uh, still pretty, pretty vital and uh, still continues to, to uh, have interest from all, from all corners. And right. you, and I, you and I have been following this market for uh, well over 30 years. And uh, you know, I think both of us find it, still find it just, just fascinating. Yes, uh, that's, uh, that's the word I'll use is fascinating, amazing. We, we uh, will get into this later, but we did see uh, some uh, 250 and $300 calls trade. So um, this is, it's, it's getting a little uh, crazy out there. But um, uh, I want to start with uh, talking about the, the uh, agency uh, monthly oil reports that came out. Let's, uh, IEA was out today. And, and um, one thing that struck me by the IEA report is that they uh, uh, suggest that October uh, is showing uh, showed a marginal uh, stock build, um, and that's off of some uh, prelim uh, data and uh, satellite observations. That that sounds like a little early for us to see uh, builds in stocks. Is it? What do you what do you what are you seeing from the other agencies, and what what where are you coming out on, on say uh, fourth quarter stock levels? Well, most of the other agencies have draws for the fourth quarter, and actually, the IEA over the over the course of the uh, whole quarter does show a, a, a slight draw. I think they're just mentioning that October may have built, and uh, that that's obviously a change after we've had five, six consecutive quarters of uh, drawing inventories, they're, they're talking about a uh, the one month building and possibly the, uh, you know, draws, I think, in, in November and uh, December. I think what what's a couple of things that were really interesting and, and uh, it, it's what's been the motor behind uh, the market's rally up to uh, the, up to the mid 80s and uh, WTI. Has been this uh, is the inventory draw that I just mentioned over the last uh, over the last six seven quarters, and they pointed out that inventories uh, OECD commercial inventories, which is one of the cl- most closely watched stat in um, you know in oil trading, had 
fallen at the end of the third quarter to uh, 2.7 billion barrels, 2.76 to be to be exact, or uh, well over 200 million behind the five-year average, and that's really low, Jim. Uh, it hasn't been this slow since uh, 2013 when the market was trading over uh, over $100. In fact, that, that, that's really too low. And we are going to need to rebuild stocks uh, somehow, some way. Going on with the IEA, if you looked at their um, charts uh, or their, their table of what they think for 2022, they have stock builds of over a million barrels a day over the next, uh, over the next, the, through 2022, which if true, you know, might, might tend to uh, blunt the, the rally, but we still have a long way to go to rebuild these uh, inventories. And in fact, I, I think a number of analysts and, and a number of um, top executives at oil firms and, and trading firms have noted that inventories are so low that the market is clearly, clearly vulnerable to any, any type of uh, supply interruption or uh, unanticipated demand surge. And, um, you know, it, it's one of the reasons why you're seeing, you know, you just mentioned that you have the 250, 300 call spread, you know, even though that's really hard to imagine, yeah. um, you know, the market is, is still too tight. You know, yeah, it's, that it's still too tight. Person uh, buying those calls has a bunker in their backyard or something. You know, that's a that's a pretty pretty high price. I mean, you need some some kind of water breakout for that to happen. I think maybe not. the The big surprise might be uh, though not not the spike in 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 price, but uh, what if you know something like Iran comes back, which uh, you know we we kind of assume they won't for a while, but um, you know, this, as this hot price goes higher and higher, there might be uh, a little more urgency on the side of the U.S. and the Europeans to uh, cut a deal and get some of that oil flowing, even though some of it's flowing already. Yeah, uh, obviously, if if Iran comes back, that that changes all, all these fundamentals, but uh, dramatically, because they, they probably would be able to, w- within months. Um, provide another million barrels a day to the to the market. So some of these stock builds that the IEA is talking about for next year would, would could become greater, uh, obviously. However, you know the, then that could be uh, it, 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 OPEC plus would have to figure out what their strategy is going to be. To either they're going to make room for Iran, not make room for Iran. Uh, and just take a lower price, you know. And also, you know, we don't we don't really know uh, a lot of the. If you look at second half of uh, 2022, you know, we're not we're not sure where OPEC production is going to be uh, as it is now. They're only they're increasing 400 a day through April, and you know that then to be determined whether the balance is going to be unwound um, th- throughout. 2022. So a lot, you know, these numbers are subject to change to, to say the least. And uh, again, makes a, a very interesting year coming up uh, in, uh, in 2022. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see the IEA. I don't know if they're throwing up their arms in frustration, but they, uh, they left the demand numbers for this year and next year unchanged, which is 
kind of, you know, we give up. We don't know. We're going to just stick with our, a lot of stuff's happened in the last months, but, but they're, Right. right. Yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot going on with the IEA, although, you know, unchanged still means a growth of five and a half million barrels a day for 2021 and another like three and a half for uh, 2022. So there's still, you know, they're still forecasting growth. They just didn't change what their uh, what their estimates are. And um, probably for good reason. I mean, there's a, there is a lot of uncertainty, obviously, on the on the, the demand side for next year. We're looking, you know, Jim, I, I know I've said this before, but, you know, I, I look at all the agency data, you know, and I usually say, okay, that's, that's nice, that's nice, that's nice. And then I do my own stuff. Right. And, you know, I, I have more faith in my, own, in my own balances than some of this agency data, because, you know, you look at OPEC's, you, you look at OPEC, and they have an incredible demand numbers for the second half of uh, 2022, uh, way off the charts from, from anybody else. And, you know, you wonder, well, where did they get that from? I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, they, 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 they have a story that they're trying to write. And, um, you know, you, you sometimes have to separate yourself from what the, the, from their story. But you know what? Often they can be right there. They could be right too. I, I like a lot of their, um, you know, a lot of their estimates, particularly on non-OPEC production. But anyway, for next year, we're also looking for builds, but like a, a net build of maybe four hundred thousand barrels a day. Wow. Um, and, and it could go either way because it, it, if if you look at uh, CRG's quarterly breakdown. It's uh, a build of a half, a build of four, a 0.4, a build of 0.2, 0.5. So it's pretty evenly balanced. Right. Uh, the way you know, the way I'm looking at it, with um, but the, you know, obviously everything's unknown. The biggest unknown is OPEC production. You know what their strategy is going to be, and um, what where Iran comes in. And on the demand side, we've got to, we'll see what the winter, you know, the, what the winter is going to bring, you know, that could be a difference of uh, half, half million to a million barrels a day, up or down, depending on the severity of the, of the winter. So there's, as usual, a lot of, a lot of moving parts, although Jim, a lot less so than 2020, when, <laughs> you know, I yeah. was, I was making like daily million barrel a day adjustments. Right. No, that's right. I, I, Let's talk about the, uh, the U.S. oil production response to what's going on now. The IEA pointed out that um, U.S. came back really strong in October, and I guess that's a re they're recovering from Ida. But going right. forward, they also have uh, the U.S. producing more than they. Uh, I think they may have bumped up their their estimates. And, and uh, what, what do you what do you think? I mean, it's kind of like the the push pull between discipline and drill baby drill because 80, 80 bucks is a pretty good price for these producers. Well, one thing that I have to say we've been consistently wrong on, or I've been consistently wrong on is the U S uh, crew production. It, it, it has come in lower than what I thought. I mean, both of us, I think we're talking yeah, about no. a, a bigger increase. Given well, where the, Andy, all I can say is, the guys, the guys that we know in the business all retired. So that's why we missed it. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, I, I think, 
you know, you look you look over most of our careers, uh, and if prices were up were up over eighty dollars or even over sixty dollars. Right. You know, as you said, Jim, it would be drill, drill, baby, drill. But, but incredibly, the uh, producers have shown, you know, shown discipline. Uh, they're they're trying to uh, return, you know, return profits to the shareholders, which is, um, I guess, needed after years of not returning, not returning profits to uh, to the shareholders. So as a result. You know they've done a pretty good job keeping keeping production lower than I think it, it uh, ought to have been. I'm looking the EIA is looking for uh, next. Right now we're producing 11.5 million barrels a day. The EIA, the U.S. government, is saying that first quarter next year is going to be 11.7, then 11.8 and then 12 in the third quarter and 12.2 in the fourth quarter, which I, I have to say, I think is also too low. Uh, looking at the rig counts are, are the highest since April 20th and have been going up uh, more or less weekly now. So I, I think the numbers are gonna be, uh, the numbers are gonna be higher. But as I said, I thought all this year, the, number, the numbers were gonna be higher as well. So sticking to your guns, I, I was just when we you we talk about the uh, discipline. I remember teaching uh, back in the '80s, teaching a course on options to uh, down in Houston, and the uh, oil guys were thinking, "What would I ever want to buy a put for? <laughs> I might want to buy a call." <laughs> it's, it's just a different mentality, you know? Right. Yeah. Total, totally different mentality. But that that's you know that changed in. Uh, that changed in 2021, and um, you know we'll we'll see where uh, where 2022 comes out. Interestingly, total liquids though, if you throw in if if you include NGLs and uh, and ethanol, will be at pre-pandemic levels uh, by the third or fourth quarter. Um, mm. You know, total liquids because of the big growth in that uh, in NGLs, which um, has gone from 4.8 million barrels today uh, a day in 2019, and they're expected to be uh, in 2022 5.8, so a million barrels a, a day growth in uh, NGL production since uh, 2019. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I, um, you know, the EIA report pointed out the spread of um, sweet and sour crudes because the, they're saying the price of natural gas got so high as an input that uh, refineries are switching over to uh, uh, sweeter uh, kinds of crude. I didn't re I didn't think about that, but um, you know, we th when we think about high natural gas prices, the first thing that we think about is uh, fuel switching. And um, getting into the uh, diesel uh, to run some generators, stuff like that. I just want to talk about the demand side a little bit. Um, when we, again, the off the IEA report, talk about gasoline being demand being strong. Can you just uh, talk about what you're thinking about in terms of gasoline and diesel demand worldwide? Well, I US? think uh, I think U.S. Yeah, on the on the U.S. side. We had a we had a um, good year 
I, I think, well, certainly relative to 2020, almost anything, uh, anything's a, a good year, you know, <laughs> I right. mean, that was a, that was, that was a complete total disaster area, but, um, gasoline demand, uh, this year is probably going to be like around eight, 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 nine, uh, last year was only 8 million barrels a day. Next year, I think we'll, we'll be, uh, I think we'll be over nine. The uh, EIA is looking for eight, uh, nine. I think it's going to be closer to nine one, nine two. And I think you know, you look at at the uh, underlying fundamentals. We should see uh, miles driven. The miles driven should should be pretty strong next year. We're still seeing improvement on on employment, so uh, that's a plus. I think Americans still have. Uh, a lot of you know, wanderlust this is still uh, in all, all our bloodstreams to get out. So I, I think we'll see a, a healthy growth of three, 400,000 barrels a day. Diesel too, I think will be a, a decent growth, particularly if we can get some of the supply chain unraveled somehow and uh, hire some more truckers. Um, that, that should help diesel. And again, we don't know what the weather's going to be. Uh, petrochemical demand has been really strong globally, and jet fuel demand is coming back. In fact, the IEA is saying that they, they think you know it'll get closer to, to normal back in the, you know, I think it was third or fourth quarter, and the EIA is uh, saying we'll be really close to pre-pandemic levels um, also sometime in the third or fourth quarter of, of uh, this year, looking at um, the number of flights that have been scheduled or to be scheduled. Uh, there's some easing of um, international travel and that, that is, uh, you know, that's a huge component on, uh, on jet fuel. So, you know, I, I, I think, and globally, some analysts are saying we're already above the pre-pandemic levels. I don't think that's gonna happen until you know, late, late first, I, I think it'll be second quarter, uh, assuming a normal winter that will, that will be a, a above pre, pre-pandemic levels. Yeah, I, I think um, the, when I just, before I got on this podcast, I, I saw the uh, Atlanta Fed, and I, I'm not saying they're accurate, but they're, they, they're looking for a growth of 8% for this quarter. Right. And wow. um, yeah, I know it's, but I think the consensus is, is something like plus, plus 5%. But, you know, we, we're pumping a lot of stimulus into this economy. And um, it's, you know, people, people have figured out that they can drive to a location, uh, get a place for, you know, a couple of weeks, use the Wi-Fi and work, you know, have a, like a working vacation kind of thing. And um, I think that once that door is open, I think they, you know, a lot of people are going to continue to do that. And uh, I've done that myself. And so, you know, I think that gas demand is going to be uh, uh, nice throughout the, like in a, in a counter seasonal. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Of course, the, the big, uh, you know, the, the, the big factor is, is, gonna, is uh, pump prices, which are now, Getting close to the 350 freakout level that the American consumer still, you know, has, and and obviously uh, the Biden administration is under a lot of pressure to uh, try to get those gas prices down. 
uh, to the point where they're talking about releasing the Strategic Petroleum Reserve uh, or, you know, parts of the, not the entire reserve, there's 600 million barrels in there, yeah. but, you know, something like 30 to 60 million. And they're going back and forth on that. And they're you trying know, to get a co coordinated release. I know you, we talked about this before, but they could be doing, if they wanted to, they could take some of that and kind of self-finance, like sell, sell some of their oil out and buy it back along the curve. As long as we're in uh, backwardation, they can kind of keep doing that for a while. They wanted to. That would be that would be a, a smart thing on our government's behalf. Yeah, but, uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I don't see them doing that. Well, maybe. I mean, if they want to replenish it, you know, that would be a, that would be a good way to lock in some of those uh, some of those lower prices down the curve. Yeah, I I, I do think he's getting uh he's getting analysis that's showing it, it, if it has any effect, it'll be short term. So I don't. I'm not sure that you know, it's going to happen, but maybe, maybe it will. But that's, I think that's what he's hearing. So the scary thing is if they start talking about, uh, you know, stopping the ability to export oil and gas, I mean, that would be a disaster in, in my mind. That's my, my bias, but uh, who knows, they, they, they could go that way as well. Well, that would be one of the, one of the dumbest moves that, you know, any administration could, could make because, uh, you know, yeah. they'd, right. they'd be interrupting. I, I mean, that would lead to a spike because they'd be interrupting global trade. Right. Right. right? right. So, well, you know, you'd see these Brent TIs go to the moon. Uh, it, it would be, yeah. Well, it'd be like, uh, hopefully uh, cool. a few, few administrations back, uh, I guess way back now, um, tried to use wheat as a as a uh, weapon against uh, the, the Soviet Union, and it turns out that you can grow wheat a lot in a lot of places. Uh, maybe you can't produce oil in a lot of places, but the, the trade patterns would change. It would it would, it would be an overall uh, disaster. I think I think you're right. Yeah. Total disaster. And I think and, and ho hopefully enough people have told them that that that's that's been tabled. Off the table. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's hope. I mean, that would be, that would be awful. I mean, I, I personally, I think it's bad enough releasing the SPR because we don't really have any emergency. Um, right. So, you know, there's no, there's no, there's a well, supply shortfall, but it isn't, you know, it's not because of any geopolitical um, or upset, you know? Yeah. Well, it's not a disaster unless you're running for office. Yeah, unless you're a politician running right. for office. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, and, and as I said in the earlier remarks, why would we do that if, if things are already tight, right? And there yeah. could be a spike if there's an interruption. Don't you want to have, don't you want to have something in your pocket to really to take care of an interruption? Right. And we, you know, we also have a friend, friendly country to the north that would like to sell us a lot more oil. But um, anyway, let's, you know, I want to, I want to talk about options for a second. Cause it's, it's been pretty cool. Um, what's, what's been going on there. Oh um, yeah. Is it, if I, if I may. Um, Please. I'm, yeah. I'm waiting to hear this one. Well, you said, you sent me the article from Bloomberg talking about a $5,000 call spread in Dece 2022. 5,000 uh, lot. 5,000 lots, 5,000 contracts, 1,000 barrels a contract. And this is Brent oil. 
and it was a, a $250, $250, $300 call spread. And, and you say, you know, that's a, that made a big splash. It made such a big splash that Bloomberg wrote an article about it. And um, I, we, we looked at it. And uh, if you look at the, the delta of the 250 call, it's 0.006. So for a futures equivalent, that's uh, 30 contracts. And, and the 300 call had a 0.004 delta, which uh, turns out to be 20 futures equivalents. So if it's a call spread, it's a 10 lot future equivalent trade where, from where we are now. So, you, can, you know, you, you um, it's, it's really, a you know, unless, if it goes into money, it's a huge deal, but it's, uh, it's, it's almost zero market market's got almost a zero probability. It's going to happen. And um, not sure that's probably could have done something a lot lower and uh, but, you know, we'll see, see what happens. Maybe somebody try to, you know, if you, I guess, if you I remember the first time we reached ten dollars in natural gas, some somebody had bought ten dollar call spreads and I mean ten dollar calls, and it, it almost put the idea in people's heads that really we could get to ten, and and we ended up getting right there. So who knows? It's, it's some kind of a Kahneman Tversky type thing bias going on, I guess. The other other stuff. So that's a, the other thing is uh, options are December options WTI going off tomorrow expire the seventeenth. And um, when you look at the top 10 open interest and puts for the whole market, nine of them are in December of 21. So that's, that's typical. December is a big month, big option month. And so you would expect that to happen. On the call side, however, only five of the top 10 are in, uh, of, of the calls are in, uh, in open interest are um, in DEES 21. And a couple of the others are in DEES 22, something we've been talking about all, all since about February. Um, the DEES 2200 call leads by far in terms of open interest at 67,000. And number two is the DEES 2022 98 call at 32,708. So um, despite those being bought, I think we were around $40 when they came in, in earlier this year, first quarter of this year. And we've doubled in price in there, and they still, I think most of the, most of that open interest is still intact. So they're so they're looking, you know, they're waiting for their number, they're waiting for higher prices. Another thing uh, that we we noticed is that the uh, spread options volume in WTI has gone way down. So it's, we're trading about half the amount that we traded last year. And um, if you think about um, spread options, the 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 the, the option to store if, if you have a if you have a storage facility the uh, financial equivalent of that is owning a put on the front to back spread with a with a strike price maybe around minus 20 minus 30 so we those things are so far away from being in the money that and, and when we're down in those areas that's when you see a lot of open interest pile up on those strikes and and so so you have a huge uh, sort of constituency, I guess, uh, uh, of, of people that own storage and, and trade storage, do a lot of business down there. And up at these levels, you just don't, you don't see it uh, happening. So that, so the hedging that might go on is not, it, it doesn't make sense to do it up here. You know, it's so far away. And then the, um, the last thing I'd mentioned 
is that we have seen, um, I looked at the, uh, I actually put this on LinkedIn today, but I was looking at the, uh, I was doing a guest lecture for a, for a class and um, I was looking at the SKU, explaining the SKU. And if you, you look at the um, WTI and you compare the implied volatilities for the uh, options with 25 deltas for, the, for January options, so this would be the out of the money call with a with a 25 delta and out of the money put and take the call implied minus the put implied. It went from minus two. So that would be the put implied over in late October to minus five and minus six. I don't know if that's because of, um, you know, the, the market seemed to wobble a little bit, stopped going up, moved sideways, came off a little bit. Maybe it was, uh, you know, uh, reflecting the uh, Mexican uh, hedge they put on. They buy puts. Uh, for the whole year, I don't, I'm not sure what, but it's also tends to be the normal structure of of WTI with out of the money calls trading at a lower vol than out of money puts. And then I looked at the natural gas. In natural gas, the skew was a plus skew, so that the call implies over the over the puts, and the number was plus 40 in late October, and it's moved a little bit lower to plus 35 in January. So that's like a huge, you know, two, two uh, markets that have moved up in price and um, maybe stalled a little bit right here. And um, their, their, uh, their skews are, are totally opposite. And, and that's just, I would say one reason is that the, it's, it's the nature of their, those markets, but also the at the money vol for, for WTI is around 35%, which is close to its long-term average, whereas the at-the-money uh, vol for natural gas is in the 90s. And recently, it was uh, way over 100. And uh, recently, it made its second biggest move to the upside based on my data uh, ever. So um, they're, in, they're in two different places as well. So anyway, found that interesting. What else, Andy? What else do you want to talk about here? That's great stuff on the uh, on natural gas options. Yeah, and Jim, if you you know you probably don't have a lot of willing sellers on those January calls, you know, or the February, the winter, on the winter calls. For, for natural gas, it's true. It, it's it's you know when you look at the last two times that implied vol blew up in in natural gas. One was a few years ago, like November of uh, 2018, we had a cold snap and we had that, uh, uh, among others, we had this group called uh, optionsellers.com right. and, and they had to liquidate a position. And so it was this, um, you know, the, the price went up and it was a cold snap. And there was, so there's fundamental news behind it, but it was, uh, uh, you know, traders uh, blowing out of calls. And then uh, when we reached $10 the first time, we had a lot of locals who were short calls and, and others, and, and they were buying them back. This time, it's I'm not sure it's, you're seeing the massive liquidation, but it's a, you know, it's a, a fundamental event. I mean, everything that could be bullish for natural gas has, has happened. And uh, um, so you're, you're not only, you know, you haven't had the, the real uh, cold snap this year that would drive, you know, the vols to these uh, crazy levels, but you're, you know, you're kind of playing catch up from last year and, you know, starting with maybe a cold winter in Asia and everybody's uh, trying to catch up to, to uh, from, from, well, you had this economy that was shut down and the economy 
snaps back. So, so you have a huge demand from, you know, industrial use. And, uh, and then we have that cold uh, winter in Asia and the wind stopped blowing in Europe. And, you know, the, there's maintenance on the, on the production side. I'm sure I'm missing about five factors, but they were all bullish. And, um, uh, and here, so here we are. So, so basically this is like the second, we moved up to the second highest move in implied vol. And it really doesn't feel like you're, it's, it's sustain it's sustainable. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It wasn't like a, you know, positions being blown out by the, by the thousands. Right. And we'll see, you know, we've still have the weather, the weather ahead of us, Wait. Uh, you know, perhaps, perhaps some of the, some of it's been discounted, but uh, I'm sure a, a prolonged cold, cold snap will, uh, We'll get natural gas. You know, it's come off a lot from the highs, so six fifty. That it's now four seventy, at least in the U.S. And, and Europe's come off also was, well from the. It's come off from the highs, but you know, it's still pretty elevated. Even at, I think today was over five dollars for um, natural gas, five ten maybe, but which is still pretty elevated, given where it's been over the last uh, over the last few years. So we, we've got the. Yeah, we have a big story ahead of us in the, for the uh, winter. And looking at petroleum, um, you know, there may there certainly was some panic buying on the on the petroleum side because of natural gas. As um, you know, in Asia, there there it's a dual use fuel, not so much here in the U.S., but uh, certainly in uh, in Asia, and uh, that that definitely um, hit demand by a few hundred thousand barrels a day. I think in uh, September and October. Yeah, it's a, it's it's interesting. There's um, you know, there's a lot of uh sort of anticipatory buying as well. I think that uh, maybe drives this market up a little higher than it should be. And uh, I'd be I'd be looking for the uh, cold snap that we get where the uh, natural gas prices don't respond. You know, because everybody's you know maybe maybe starts getting deep into the winter, but um, you know, uh, everybody's bought enough already, and uh, I'm sure that's a very if we get it's basically what I, what I what I think may happen is if we get some kind of normal winter that natural gas prices kind of chop to the downside as we go through because people have already bought lots of uh, as much uh, more more supplies heading in than they usually do for the winter but maybe not we'll see just seeing what what the next uh, move is going to be and speaking of that let's let's talk about prices uh, Andy. You kind of, I mean, I, when I'm listening to you talk, I'm kind of thinking that you you'd kind of want to be a buyer on dips because you think there's going to be stock building or, you know, you you. Um, well, I yeah, I, I I don't you know given again given I think given where inventories are, I unless there's a, a you know big fundamental change, i.e., OPEC says it's going to increase uh, radically which I don't, I don't think is going to happen. I, I don't think we'll see Iranian barrels on the market before, you know, earliest sometime in the second quarter. And that would be a miracle, I think. Um, so, you know, I still think we're, we're a ways, we're very long, very far away from uh, the market getting back to its normal inventory levels. So I, I really don't see it. You know, I don't see a broad-based sell-off, you know, maybe more of a correction and you know, I'd really, I'd really be loath to be uh, very short this market. You know, I'd, I'd prefer 
you know, I'd rather, you know, I, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather buy dips than, you know, if, if it does, if we do get that big correction, you know, I'd, I'd rather be long here going into the, into the first and second quarter. So you, so you think we're more likely to hit 90 than 70? Is that too close of a range? Yeah, I think that, I think 90 may be a stretch now. I think that was the Saudi minister on the phone. Um, <laughs> 90 maybe is 90 maybe a stretch, but uh, I, I certainly think the market can back get back into the, the, the mid to mid 85. You know, yeah, you know, 85 to 90 area. So, so, 70, uh, 70. I think there's going to have to be a, a big fundamental change to get the to get back to 70. Yeah, um, you talk you talk me into selling a strangle here, which we know is we hate we hate doing that kind of stuff, but um. When I was teaching this uh, class last last week, we had a guy. I was trying. I'm trying to get him to think about their view and translate it into positions. And they, um, one of the, one of the uh, students, came up with a, you know, short strangle in natural gas. And uh, within from from the week that he mentioned it, I did I did two classes a week apart. The next week, it was already blown out of the downside of his strike. So it's. Uh, the, the the premiums were so enti- enticing, and and yet, you know, there's still some serious moves going on in these. I mean, you know, you talk ninety ninety percent vol. There's there's people looking for big moves in natural gas one way or the other. So, in oil, oil's more like uh, you know, it's like a thirty thirty five percent vol. You know, it's not not low. It's not high. It's like right in the middle. Yeah, that's a historical average. Yeah, so we we you know it's almost like uh, okay, there's the world's world's uh, crazy world. We 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 don't know what demand's going to be. We're not not sure what supply is going to be, but uh, around this eighty dollar area, uh, we think we're going to kind of move sideways. And if if the charts start showing more of that, um, then maybe those vols come into thirty. I don't know. It's kind of yeah, that could. You know, but there's still heck of a lot you know we don't we don't even know if there's another virus behind this virus right i mean uh, exactly and that's the you know that's the demand side you know maybe maybe there's going to be spikes all over the globe during the during the winter we don't you know we don't know what uh, what uh what fundamental news are you watching the closest right now like I know it's not um, M2 money well, I don't supply. Think I don't think we're going to get anything out of out of OPEC different. You know, the the amazingly, Jim, I I am going to say that, and I know you're you're going to laugh at me, but uh, I I do think the dollar has had an impact on trade. I almost always never, you know, I never say that. <laughs> but I am laughing, right? Yeah, I, I never say that. Um, you always say, oh, oh, that's something where you can't think of anything else. Right. But, you know, given where prices are up here, you know, a strengthening dollar is, is, it does inhibit, I think that will inhibit some, uh, some of the marginal buyer, well, uh, some it, of the marginal buying. Um, it may be the first time in the last couple of weeks where the dollar has been correlated to oil. So that's, but. That's okay. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you use the dollar. Yeah, I'm watching it. Yeah. Um, but on on the yeah on the on the petroleum side, as I said, I don't think you're going to see that much out of OPEC. Uh, we'll be watching the Biden administration and and uh, and what they do. 
and on the and the you know we've got a meeting with uh, Iran at the end of uh, at the end of November, so we'll see if uh, if anything comes of, of that natural gas. I mean. It, Everything, Jim. I mean, it's yeah. I'm watching everything. I can't. I don't know what uh, is is. You know where where you. I couldn't even rank the priorities. Right. Yeah. It's that's that's the uh, that's the fun part, and it's, it can be the frustrating part as well. There's so much going on, and it's uh, you know they're pulling in diff- different directions. Uh, yeah, I always like to do something contrarian, but um, like if the the IEA, I don't know. They they when they leave demand on change and they, I, I just, they kind of hinted that, you know, with that uh, potential build in October that maybe, you know, the things are turning around, but um, that's the, you know, that was kind of, that wasn't like, you know, in 2016 when they were saying we we're uh, swimming in oil or something like that, a wash with oil. I said, okay, we're near, we're near the bottom. <laughs> right. but, uh, right. You know, it's, there's no clues, I guess, coming out of there. Uh, that, that from one extreme to another. So I guess we just kind of muddle along here and see what happens. And right. the weather. And I mean, weather, right. You just took the right w- weather is probably if I, I guess if I'd have to think over the next three months, what's going to be most important, it might be weather. Right. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Any, anything right. else? What, I know we, I missed, we didn't cover everything, but we covered a lot. What, what else do we want to talk about, Andy? No, I think we can. I think we can wrap it up, Jim. We talked about a lot. Yep. And uh, hopefully, our listeners um, learned something from our, from our podcast. And uh, you know, we'll we'll look forward to the end of the year one coming up uh, next month. If you want to get a hold of me, it's a LeBeau at commodityresearchgroup.com. And you can uh, you can find me on best ways on LinkedIn. I have I have too many things to. Uh to look at that's a that's kind of the best way I'm, I'm i'm finding it's more and more useful um like i i have a a bunch of uh connections on there and they, and they all put up some interesting uh stories that uh, that i want to read and and so i'm spending i find myself uh almost looking at linkedin as a as a newspaper and that's uh i'm pleasantly surprised about that part but that's you you can uh i, I post things up there myself so yeah i can i uh, look for you at linkedin Okay, Andy, uh, I'll talk to you next month. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you next month.